your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 678 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today, a very special episode. We're going to go ahead and take a look at some players that I believe have done the most to emerge as kind of the biggest winners or, you know, the players that have done the most to improve their standing in the Ranger organization. That could mean a lot of different things. Uh, The first thing that kind of comes to mind, and uh, certainly this will apply to some of the players that we're about to talk about here, but the first thing that comes to mind is players that have quite simply uh, just done a lot to improve their chances of making this opening night roster. There's a couple guys that will fit that description, as you'll see. Uh, We're also going to include players that, you know, maybe won't necessarily make the team, you know, but they're prospects and they're guys that do have a future with this Ranger organization and they've shown well for themselves in training camp and in the preseason games to, uh, you know, give the Rangers every reason to have confidence in them. So we'll talk about some players that fit that description. And uh, also, you know, in some cases, they might be players that we thought would make the opening night roster, but they've, um, you know, done enough to perhaps play their way into a bigger role than we had previously imagined for them. And like I said, there's a couple different players here. There's going to be six in total, three that we're really going to spotlight, and then three that I'm kind of considering to be honorable mentions at the end of today's episode. But in one way or another, uh, all of these six players that we're going to talk about have sort of emerged as, you know, the biggest winners from training camp, as well as the preseason. And I think we have to start with Zach Jones. Zach Jones, obviously, is somebody who, coming into the preseason— it looked like he was going to be in a training camp battle with Matthew Robertson and that one of those two would likely emerge as the sixth and final defenseman on opening night. And something that makes Jones a winner right off the bat here is the very simple fact that his competition, Matthew Robertson, was sent down, you know, tra- uh, cut from training camp fairly early in the game. Just two games into the preseason, uh, Matthew Robertson, barring something completely unforeseen, not going to be a part of the Ranger opening night roster. So now, Zach Jones is basically, as far as I can tell, again, barring anything completely unforeseen or completely unexpected, it's going to be either Zach Jones or Libor Hayek, who slots in as the number six defenseman on opening night. I'd imagine it's probably going to be Zach Jones uh, because he's played very well in the preseason. It sounds like he's doing well in training camp as well. Uh, two games for Zach Jones thus far in the preseason. And of course, there's two. There's still uh, two preseason games to go here. But in two games, Zach Jones has averaged 20 minutes and 31 seconds of ice time. He has scored one goal. He is a plus one in that time, and he's put five shots on goal. And again, he's basically, as far as we can tell, uh, and you never know for sure what this coaching staff is thinking, or you know maybe there's something that they've got in their back pocket, they're playing something close to the vest, whatever it might be, but it looks like it's Jones versus Libor Hayek uh, for that sixth and final spot. And as I've talked about with Zach Jones in the past, I've always been a fan of him. He got a combined 22 games these past season, past two seasons with the New York Rangers, and he just is somebody that plays with confidence. He looks the part of an NHL defenseman. High hockey IQ, seems to be a good passer, does a lot of the little things that you like, and has thus far played very, very well in the preseason. The only hiccup that I can think of was in his most recent game, and it's something that I don't think I mentioned in that game recap episode. Uh, there was an instance where you know he had the puck in the Rangers zone, and he was trying to, I guess, just move it out of the zone, and he basically 
pass the puck right to a devil. Devils got like a medium danger scoring opportunity out of it. So uh, that wasn't ideal there. But besides that, I think Zach Jones has done a really nice job in the two preseason games that he's played with the Rangers. You combine that with the fact that I think he's done pretty well uh, for this team overall when he's been out there. You know, again, the 22 games in the last two seasons combined. And again, I, I think it should be his job. Uh, Libor Hayek has gotten some chances. I believe 95 total career games for Hayek. It's not an enormous amount, but as I've mentioned in the past, certainly enough to you know show what you can do and stake your claim to that spot. I, I think it's Zach Jones's time. Uh, this goal that he scored was was really really nice. Um, it was a really nice team goal overall. You know, Mika Zibanejad keeps the puck alive along the boards. He gets it back to Zach Jones. Jones is at the blue line. Jones dishes over to Braden Schneider. Schneider in deep to Capo Caco. Caco kind of circles back toward the blue line and then passes to Jones. And Jones just kind of throws the puck at the net from along the boards. Uh, not always the worst idea, especially when Chris Kreider is in front of the net, as was the case here. And uh, deflected off of, uh, I forget who they were playing. Was that the game? I, yeah, that was the game against the Islanders. That was the first game. I might have said Devils before. It was against the Islanders. And it deflected off of an Islander, went into the net. And uh, Zach Jones scored there. Uh, Libor Hayek, meanwhile, you know, he's played in two games in the preseason as well. He's a minus three. He's averaged 20 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time. It's time to go with Zach Jones. Now, could Libor Hayek eventually turn into, you know, a decent third-pair defenseman, whether it's with the Rangers or some other team in this league? Yeah, I mean, it's at least possible that he could do that. He's still relatively young. I believe he's like 23 or 24. Um, but again, I just see no reason why Libor Hayek should be out there instead of Zach Jones. The future is now. Jones would certainly appear to have more long-term upside than Libor Hayek, and Forget about upside. I say right here, right now, Jones is just very simply the better option uh, compared to Libor Hack. And we, we've talked about this battle quite a bit, but to me, Zach Jones doing a lot to establish himself as the clear-cut best option uh, for the number six defenseman spot on opening night. That's just one player. We got five more to get through. Definitely looking forward to that. We're going to turn our attention to Brent Offman in just a second. Now, obviously, he's not going to be on the Rangers opening night roster, but... He looked good in the preseason, and, you know, he goes back to the Flint Firebirds, scores two goals right away with them, uh, so he's, you know, really doing a nice job to improve his standing. The Rangers have always been high on him, uh, but like I said, we'll get into him in uh, greater detail in just a second here, but first, I just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried the Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys, and guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate, that's right, Bilt has done it again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like all Bilt Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture, so good. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Bilt is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Bilt Bar. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So I'm going to keep things moving right along here, and we go from a defenseman to a forward. I'm going to talk a little bit about Brent Offman here. He ends up skating in just two games for the Rangers. That would be the first and third preseason games uh, for the New York Rangers. But he has two assists. 
They were both in the preseason opener against the Islanders. And obviously, as I mentioned just a second ago, Brennan Hoffman, not going to be part of the opening night roster for the New York Rangers. He goes back to the Flint Firebirds and basically picks up right where he left off from last season. He just put up stupid video game-like numbers a year ago as the captain of the Flint Firebirds. And, you know, I know I've marveled at his stats in the past, but you never know. We could have some new listeners or whatever it might be. Somebody might have missed that episode. Um, he was just phenomenal last year. I mean, there, there's not enough adjectives for me to describe uh, these numbers. He scored 50 goals and had 47 assists in 66 games with the Flint Firebirds last season. Then he had another nine goals and 15 assists in 19 playoff games. Just absolutely outstanding. It kind of begs the question of, you know, what else is really left for him to do uh, on the Flint Firebirds, and it makes you wish that he could be on the Rangers, or if he can't be on the Rangers, he could at least be on the Wolfpack. As I mentioned in a recent episode, though, uh, Brian Othman, just six days too young to be on the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. He can't play for the AHL. It's just kind of an antiquated rule, just kind of a weird rule, and uh, it is what it is. So he heads back to Flint, and um, there is actually a way that we could possibly see Brent often before the season ends. I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a second. It would probably be the postseason, but like I said, we'll get to that in just a second. But again, a very strong showing uh, for the Rangers. It sounds like he did a nice job, you know, during the training camp session of, uh, you know, the, the preseason here. And as far as the games are concerned, uh, he had two very important plays that led to goals for the Rangers in their opener against the Islanders. Two assists, uh, that were very, very unique from one another, one that kind of showed his grit, one that I thought really kind of showed his skill. Uh, the first one, you know, he's in behind the net, and he wins a board battle, uh, passes along the boards to Philip Heedle while he's getting knocked down to the ice. So to get knocked down and still have the wherewithal uh, to move the puck along the boards, Heedle's there. Uh, Heedle then passes in deep to VZ, and VZ scores from a tough angle, basically banked his shot off the face of Simeon Varlamov and into the net. So, yeah, great great goal for VZ there. And VZ, you know, he he owes he owes uh, Brian Offman one because VZ's trying to make this team. And that goal may not happen if not for this, you know, strong play by Brian Offman there. Again, getting knocked to the ice and keeping the play alive. So very, very cool. And what made it even more impressive to me, uh, you know, he had that assist and then he had another assist later in the game, is that both of his assists came in the first period and they both came after he was knocked into the boards and ended up bleeding from his nose and so to take a hit like that and uh, basically just, you know, shake it off really quick and end up with two helpers in the same period that you get bloodied, uh, you know, making your, uh, I believe it was his preseason debut in Madison Square Garden, tremendously impressive. And as far as the other assist is concerned, uh, this one might be even nicer. Toward the end of the first period, um, Rangers are on the penalty kill. Mika Zibanejad knocks the puck out of the Rangers zone. Othman, I mean, like he was shot out of a cannon, goes up the right side, gets to the loose puck. And while he's doing this, uh, has the presence of mind to look over his left shoulder, find K. Andre Miller, and make a really nice, uh, uh, was it a backhand pass? Either way, he got a really nice pass to K. Andre Miller, centering pass. Miller takes care of the rest and uh, scores with less than four seconds remaining in the opening period. So on top of that, you know, he's very, very physical. You know this kid's going to go out there and hit. And part of the reason why I wouldn't have minded Brandon Offman making this team, even if it meant that he had to be on the fourth line, is because yeah, he's got offensive ability. I think that much is clear from what he's done in the OHL. By that same token, though, you know, his game would not be out of place at the fourth line. He's going to go out there, and he's going to mix it up, and he's going to play, you know, tough physical hockey, old-school hockey. And I think, you know, if he made the team, he could be out there on the fourth line, and you could gradually let him work his way up into a top-nine role, maybe even a top-six role, 
maybe a role in the second power play. You know, I mean, who knows? The, the sky really is the limit for Brandon Hoffman. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, you know, I say unfortunately, maybe it is for the better that he goes back to the OHL, gets a little bit more seasoning there. But I did want to acknowledge this as well, because, you know, some people have been talking online about, you know, is there any way that we could see Brian Hoffman this year? Uh, there is. My understanding is that there is a rule where NHL teams can recall four players after the trade deadline. And it sounds like, once again, Hoffman is eligible for that. But it would have to be after the conclusion of his OHL season. So that's either the regular season or, you know, the postseason, whichever happens first. And as far as the OHL is concerned, there's 20 teams 16 of them make the playoffs, and uh, the Flint Firebirds with Othman, were, they were the three seed in the Western Conference last year, made it to the conference finals uh, before they lose to the Windsor Spitfires in seven games. So Flint's season last year ended on June 1st. The Ranger regular season this year ends on April 13th. So that's about a six-week difference. I suppose if you really want to hang on to this hope that we might see Brian Othman this year, you would have to root against his OHL team, have them miss the playoffs, and then have the Rangers, you know, call him up to their team and get him ready for a postseason run. Because if he does appear for the Rangers this year, it seems almost uh, like a slam dunk that it would be for the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's not going to be really any regular season time left, even if his team fails to make the playoffs. So it's an interesting situation. It's also one that's not completely unprecedented. You know, as I'm saying this, I'm kind of reminded of the way Chris Kreider made his debut for the Rangers. And that's more than a decade ago uh, at this point, if you can possibly believe that. But if you guys remember, you know, the Rangers, they were the one seed in the Eastern Conference uh, in the uh, in the playoffs this year. They were playing the eighth-seeded centers, turned out to be a dogfight of a seven-game series. But when that happened, uh, you know, Chris Kreider was still playing in college. He won the national championship, and then like a day or two later, uh, he's dressed for game two of that series against the Ottawa Centers, which is just crazy to think about. You go from winning the national championship to jumping onto a, uh, you know, the New York Rangers roster, the top-seeded New York Rangers roster for a Stanley Cup playoff run. So uh, definitely uh, interesting times for Chris Kreider there. His head had to be spinning by the time that that whole run was over there. But there is precedence for it. Seems like a long shot. And, and who knows what the Rangers are going to look like by then and what they'll do at the trade deadline and, you know, which players will be having good seasons, which players won't be having good seasons. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But it sounds like technically, yes, Brian Hoffman could end up playing for the New York Rangers this season uh, despite him not making this opening night roster here and despite the fact that he can't play for the Wolfpack. Um, so we're going to keep rolling with this in just a second, get to the rest of the players on our countdown. Uh, Jimmy Vesey is the next player that we're going to spotlight Bit of a polarizing player because, you know, I think people hear Jimmy Vesey and they just can't bring themselves to get all that excited, but he has played well in the preseason. You do have to give him credit for that, and we will talk about Vesey in just a second. All right, Jimmy Vesey, like I was just saying, uh, has had a strong preseason thus far. He has played in three games of the four for the New York Rangers. He played in the first, second, and fourth games of the Rangers' preseason run thus far. And once again, there are two preseason games left. Uh, they will be playing uh, most recently or, or, you know, soon against uh, the Boston Bruins. That will be happening on Wednesday night. But VZ's been good. You know, he's averaged 16 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time in his three games. He scored a goal. We already went through that. You know, the one that Offman assisted on and VZ scoring from a really difficult angle on that play. So that was his goal. He's also got two assists. He is a plus one in the three games that he's played, and he has put seven shots 
on goal. Uh, as far as the assists, both of them came in the Rangers' second game against the Bruins, so VZ ended up having a helper on each goal that the Rangers scored uh, in that game. The first one, he kind of just chipped the puck into the zone. You know, the Rangers moved it out of their zone. They throw it into the neutral zone. VZ basically just tips it into the zone, and uh, he didn't really have a whole lot to do with it. After that happened, uh, you had Trocek setting up Fox for the first goal of the game, uh, but VZ does get a helper for that, the secondary assist. And then, this one was fantastic. Uh, he gets the primary assist on a goal by Alexi Lafreniere. This is the one where Lindgren passed to Jimmy VZ in the slot. VZ takes a shot while getting checked to the ice. That's kind of a theme here. We talked about the assist where Offman was falling down. In this case, it's Jimmy VZ. Uh, he puts the puck at the net while being hit from behind, knocked to the ice, and the save was made. Kind of a weird play, though. Nobody seemed to really know where the puck was except for Alexi Lafreniere, and he basically just reached his stick uh, between the legs of the uh, goalie, poked it into the net. But that was all set up by, you know, a gritty play by Jimmy Vesey there. Gets the puck at the net immediately, does it while getting hit, and, uh, you know, gave Lafreniere uh, what turned out to be a pretty easy tapping goal. So a nice play by Jimmy Vesey there. But he's been good all around. And, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about is his penalty killing. Because as we've discussed on here, there's a lot of uh, penalty killers from last year's team that are no longer here. Uh, the Rangers still do have a good amount of penalty killers on this team. But Jimmy Vesey is uh, certainly one of them. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to go through uh, his work on the PK through the three preseason games that he's played here because it's going to be very, very important for him to play that role well if he's going to make this team. And he has thus far. Uh, in his first game, he got a minute and 25 seconds of shorthanded time. In his second game, he actually did not get any shorthanded time because that's the game where the Bruins only got one power play and he just wasn't out there for it. And then against the Devils, he ends up with 59 seconds of power play time. It uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but once again, that was a game where the Devils had only one power play, and it was right at the end of the game. So the Devils, you know, they had a 6-on-4 right at the end of that game, the, the game that the Rangers held on to win 2-1. Uh, to one. Devils were looking for the equalizer. They had their goalie pulled, and, you know, Jimmy Vesey was just a phenomenal player. A couple of good passes by the Devils. Uh, they're set up for what was looking to be a, a pretty golden opportunity as far as, you know, potentially tying this game here. And VZ reads the play, and he basically just dives. You know, he laid out, poked his stick forward, knocked the puck out of harm's way, potentially saved the game for the Rangers. You know, Halak was good in relief, and, I mean, maybe he ends up making the save there, but don't want to take any chances in a spot like that. And that, that's a huge part in the game. When you're up by one goal, you're trying to protect the lead. You need guys out there that you can trust and you think are going to get the job done. And Jimmy Vesey got that opportunity and made a heck of a play here um, to uh, to prevent the Devils from, once again, potentially tying the game. And in the games that Vesey has played for the Rangers, again, he's played three of the four preseason games, uh, Ranger opponents are a combined 0 for 6 on the power play. So uh, he's at least somewhat done his part there. He hasn't has gotten he hasn't gotten as much shorthanded time as some other players have, but he's done his part. He's chipped in. And he's done a nice job on the uh, PK. And I'll take it a step further here. You know, we mentioned in the intro that we're not just looking at people, you know, in terms of making the team, but in terms of maybe claiming a bigger role than we thought that they were going to have. And, you know, in a future episode here, we're going to talk about some options that the Rangers have as far as the top line right wing spot is concerned, because right now it certainly looks like the kid line is going to be the third line. It seems like Kravtsov is going to be out there on the Panarin line with Trocek because, you know, Panarin and Kravtsov seem to have kind of clicked a little bit and Panarin's kind of taken him under his wing. And so that leaves with Mika and Kreider on the top line. There's a spot open. You know, first it was Blay in training camp. Uh, Goudreau has been there in recent days. Jimmy Vesey's got a chance. For better or worse, we could end up with Jimmy Vesey, who was a free agent afterthought, who had to 
uh, come into camp just on a PTO and was probably 50-50 to make the team. I'd say it's probably a little bit better than that at this point based on how he's played. But now Jimmy Vesey has a chance to open the season playing for a team that was in the Eastern Conference Final last season on the top line with Mika Zibanejad and with Chris Kreider. Again, that is a situation that uh, is going to cause uh, a lot of mixed feelings among Ranger fans, and it's definitely for better or for worse kind of a deal as well. You know, I personally would still like to see Lafreniere playing with Mika and Kreider, but they seem pretty committed to leaving the kid line together. So, yeah, Jimmy Vesey's got a real chance to open this season on the top line for the New York Rangers. It's pretty wild to think about. It really is. Um, wanted to get through a couple of honorable mentions. These are guys that I think have also uh, improved their standing a little bit through what they've done in training camp and in the preseason. I don't think we'll spend quite as much time on these guys. In fact, I know we won't as the first three, but uh, guys that I think are certainly uh, worth an honorable mention here, as, as I said before. So the first one is going to be Yaroslav Halak. Uh, in the two games that he's played in the preseason, he has stopped 29 of 30 shots, and he's looked very good doing it. You know, he's passed every eye test, and you know, Yaroslav Halak, he's new here. We've talked in the past about how backup goalie is an increasingly important position in the NHL. We've seen where Igor Shesterkin has had some injury issues in the past, you know, and, and obviously knock on wood that that doesn't happen again. But it's good to know that, you know, if there's a situation where Igor's dealing with, you know, a minor injury and they want to err on the side of caution, like I don't want them to baby him or anything like that. But if there's a situation where they want to err on the side of caution, give him a little bit of a breather, whatever it might be, uh, certainly not have him play both games of a back-to-back, then Yaroslav Halak looks like, uh, you know, a pretty worthy fill-in. I mean, he's not going to be Igor Shesterkin. Nobody is right now. But he'll go in there, and you can still feel pretty good about the Rangers' chances of winning that game. I think this is going to be a nice under-the-radar pickup uh, for this Ranger team. And somebody else that I want to mention here is uh, Gustav Riedahl. Basically, just for the very simple reason that I think he's outplayed Ryan Carpenter thus far in this preseason. Those are both guys that are kind of gunning for uh, the fourth line and specifically centering the fourth line. Gustav Riedahl uh, came over from the SHL, is on a one-year contract with the Rangers. I get the feeling that regardless of how this preseason shakes out, and I don't know what their plans are as far as how many more games Riedahl is going to play, how many more games Carpenter is going to play, but I get the feeling that we will probably see Riedahl start this season with the Hartford Wolfpack and Carpenter starting the season centering the fourth line for the Rangers for the very simple fact that, you know, Carpenter has played 308 NHL games. And so, you know, if the Rangers were to try to send him to Hartford, he would have to pass through waivers. That's my understanding. And Riedahl would not. They could just send him there and, and nobody could, you know, put in a waiver claim or anything like that. And also just the fact that, you know, again, Carpenter, as I just said, has played 308 games. And so that being the case, uh, you know, they may not have him lose his spot just based on the fact that, you know, Gustav Riedahl has outplayed him for, you know, two or three or four games or whatever it is here. So uh, despite Riedahl playing well, I get the feeling he might start the season in Hartford. But we'll see. A lot of different ways this could shake out. And, you know, these last two preseason games as well as training camp could uh, go a long way toward determining that. And then the final honorable mention here that I, I have to toss out is Julian Gauthier. So Gauthier has played three games, averaging 15 minutes and three seconds of ice time. He's got an even plus minus, uh, 11 shots on goal. He looked really, really good in the second game against the Devils. Uh, he was out there with Riedahl and Dryden Hunt. I thought that line played exceptionally well in that game, especially the second half of that game. And Gautier, you know, it's kind of just the same story. He looks dangerous. You swear watching these games as a Ranger fan, 
that there is something there. There, There's at least some upside, some potential, where at the very least, you look at Julian Gauthier and you say, okay, you know what, this guy, you know, he could be like a a solid third liner. You could get by with Julian Gauthier as your right-wing third liner. You know what? Hey, I I just mentioned Jimmy Vesey and a couple of these other guys. I see no reason, if the Rangers are going to keep the kid line together, and they're going to have Panarin, Trocek, Kraftsoff as the second line, I see no reason why Gauthier can't get at least some consideration for the top line. Again, it would not be my choice. I would like to see Alexi Lafreniere there. But when you're competing against just Barclay Goodrow and Jimmy Vesey and Sammy Blay, then give me one good reason why Julian Gauthier can't at least be in the conversation there. And with Gauthier, you know, it's tough because, as I mentioned, I swear there's something there, but his inability to finish is what has really held him back as an NHL player. And we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe he opens the season, you know, as the, the 13th forward, the healthy scratch. I think that with Gautier, unlike a lot of players on the Rangers, if he was to be, if he didn't make the team out of training camp and they wanted to send him to Hartford, he would have to pass through waivers. And I think unlike a lot of these guys, there's a decent chance that Julian Gautier could get claimed on waivers. Somebody else would take a look at that size and speed combination and, you know, his shooting ability, and, you know, they'd see his AHL numbers as well, where he scored a lot of goals, and they'd say, you know what, this is worth it, we'll put in a waiver claim for Julian Gauthier. So for that reason, maybe the Rangers start him on opening night, maybe he's in the lineup, or if not, maybe he's the 13th forward and the healthy scratch. Only time is going to tell there, but I do think Julian Gauthier has played well, and has played a bit more physical in this preseason than we're typically uh, used to seeing him play. So Julian Gauthier, another of my honorable mentions, uh, and Clearly not going down without a fight. He's kind of the forgotten man right now, but he's going to at least make it tough and give the Rangers uh, something to think about. And so with all that being said, I mean, I figured we could pretty much wrap up for today. I did have in my notes here one other thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, I talked about it in our last episode, and uh, we recorded that on Sunday. We're recording this one on Monday. But I mentioned how Louis Deming was placed on waivers, and when I recorded Sunday's episode, I was not yet aware one way or the other if uh, Deming had passed through waivers and had gone unclaimed. And indeed, that was the case. No sooner than an hour or two after I finished that recording did I find out on Twitter that, yes, Louis Deming passed through waivers unclaimed and uh, will now head to the Hartford Wolfpack where you got to figure he'll get a decent amount of the games. And, uh, you know, if anything happens to Igor, again, knock on wood, but if anything happens to Igor or anything happens to Halak, you would, you'd figure probably Deming would be the first guy uh, called back up to the New York Rangers. Uh, in our next episode of Locked on New York Rangers, I'm definitely looking forward to this. The Rangers have been talking about, uh, apparently the coaching staff has been talking about, you know, different options as far as the alternate captains are concerned. I figured they'd just stick with the same guys that they've been rolling with. Uh, you know, obviously Truba is now the captain. Ryan Strom is no longer here. They were two of six alternate captains last year. You've also got Barkley Goodrow, Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, and Mika Zibanejad. And I figured, you know, those four that I just mentioned would just remain alternate captains and would kind of, you know, switch on and off home games versus away games. But it does sound like uh, the Ranger coaching staff is at least uh, mulling over the options a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, that whole concept and, you know, should the Rangers go with different alternate captains this year. A little bit of a spoiler. I think they should just stick with the same guys. But we'll discuss that in greater detail in our next episode. I'm also going to uh, go over our Fantasy Hockey League results very quickly. I'm not going to be one of those people that never shuts up about my fantasy team. I will promise you guys that right now. But I do have to give a shout-out to everybody that participated. Uh, The Fantasy Draft was last night, and we had an absolute blast, you know, talking in the chat and just having a lot of fun. So uh, definitely going to talk about that. And at some point, we'll see if we get to it in the next episode or the one after that. But I do want to discuss in greater detail uh, that 
top line right wing spot because right now it certainly seems like an opportunity is up for grabs. And I'm very much uh, looking forward to seeing uh, how that whole thing shakes out. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.